the vision family like the ghost in the background you hear my other alter ego that's uh family like the ghost the the characters in my band if you don't know are all fictional ghosts uh, josephine electric is the lead singer stephanie is her sister is the other lead singer of the band and phantom is the producer keyboardist in the band who wears this uh electric light hoodie led outfit and when you see him in his full glory he has uh <laughs> led shoes and gloves and a mask and it's a whole stagecraft um so this episode glass jaw hit hard is a collection of a bunch of stuff we've been doing in our quarantine sessions in our bedroom recording with our analog equipment that includes the Moog Grandmother, the Moog Drummer from Another Mother, the Moog Mother 32, Math Utility Module for Make Noise, and a Eurovac um, from Arturia, the 6U, along with the Arturia Mini Boot 2S and a sampler unit for Make Noise, a Eurovac sampler. These are all controlled voltage, analog, or semi-modular sense, along with our Juno GI and our JDXI, uh, in our Arturia BeatStep Pro with our Dawless recording courtesy of our MX1 performance mixer combined with our um, Zoom R24 digital recorder, which records in 24-bit audio, 48 megahertz, 44 megahertz uh, recording. And the first song you heard is called You're Not the Sun. And in this particular episode, we've... Um, Kind of, we usually don't have um, the Phantom do the lead vocal. We usually have Josephine because we kind of like the idea of the, the higher pitch voice um, and how it kind of works with the analog tones that we're doing. We've talked about it before that in music, you'll see that a lot of times um, men use a higher pitch voice from Smokey Robinson to Axl Rose to, um, you know, uh, Led Zeppelin. Uh, it's always been a thing in music where men have found that doing a falsetto or a higher pitched voice works good in the mix. However, sometimes we like to get into that kind of Bob George, Parliament Funkadelic, funky, uh, kind of kind of pitched out, pitched or pitched down, uh, psychedelic voice, which is um, really Prince got it right with Bob George, the Black Album voice, and we. Our big fan of, of Prince, and uh, we found a way with our VT4 vocal transformer from Roland to do this kind of um, psychedelic pitched down, uh, fuzz down uh, vocal. And so, you're not the sun. Is this idea that uh, the fandom is 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 kind of denigrating his love interest, is saying you know they're not. You know, at first when you get in a relationship, you might be totally enamored with somebody, and you're thinking that they're the, they're the best. They're the only one that you ever want to deal with. And then you find out that there's a lot of failings. And the failings could be like in you, you kind of over, over, oversold the idea of them being the answer. And like every time, a lot of times people are looking for the answer to their life in another person. And You're Not the Sun is this kind of song where you, you know, the, the fan is, is coming to terms with the person that they thought was going to change their whole life is not really all that. And it started. We originally were just going to do a piano jam, which we love to do. And we just did this kind of random piano jam over a Moog uh, techno drum beat uh, from the DFAM. The DFAM is really cool, and it is somewhat limiting. You only have eight steps. Uh, there's an analog sequencer. There's no MIDI. You can't control it with a MIDI controller. You have to do it all with CV. You have to do it all controlled voltage and analog um, controls like the ladder filter and the envelope and FM synthesis that's controlled by dials and switches. And so you have to kind of understand how, how the waveforms are going to operate with the different settings on the device. And then you can also alter the capability of the device by using other analog instruments. We've actually introduced um, LFOs from our Arturia into the DFAM. Uh, uh, we have an Arturia Mabry 2S that has two LFOs. We use those LFOs to kind of drive the rhythm. We've used samples from the Morphogene sampler and take the CV out and take the rhythm of the sample to actually control 
the, the, the FM synthesis on the mode DFAM. So there's a lot of cool things. And then we've also even extended the DFAM by bringing it into the digital sequencer through the gate in and the um, advanced clock out of the DFAM can be brought into the gate in of the grandmother. And the grandmother has a 256 step digital sequencer. But then is also that whole sequence can be altered by the analog um, subtractive synthesis pathway of the of the of the grandmother. What that means is I can go and take the ladder filtered uh, results from the DFAM and bring them into the high pass filter of the grandmother because the DFAM doesn't have a high pass filter. Well, I guess it does, but um, it, you can actually alter it by using. The, the CP3 mixer, which the DFAM doesn't have. Uh, and then you have a spring reverb on the, on the grandmother, which the DFAM doesn't have. So you can do a lot of interesting things. And then if what we do is kind of, we do stream of recording playing where we take our analog synth, we put the play, put the record on, on our zoom and we manually adjust the drum beat or all the analog settings in real time as we record. The one thing about that compared to do using like a phantom or using uh, a system that's going to record all those changes and save them, these things are not saved other than the fact that you put them on tape. And the way we actually make sure that we can replicate this is kind of what um, the Who did with Barbara O'Reilly is they took that sequence, I think it came off an EMS VC3, and they put it on to reel-to-reel tape. And when they went to do shows, that whole Barbara O'Reilly sequence was on real real tapes that they had to actually hit the button and then hope the tape didn't jam uh, and then play with it. And so what, so what I do with the digital recorder is somewhat like running that real to real and it's not dependent on a computer and it's more reliable than a real to real because it's not going to crap out or, or tape going to break or crack, you know, or split. Um, and so then you can just mute the other tracks on the sequ- on on the on the actual R24 and then play over it. So a lot of times when I went gone to New York or Boston, I've actually had analog sequences that I recorded in real time that I can actually maintain that moment in time by doing it that way. And it's, I think it's more reliable than a sequencer. It's more reliable than a computer. Um, because you get the exact tone. You, sequencers are kind of dependent on you being able to replicate that tone. And if you have an analog synth, you know, the next day you may not get the same tone that you got the day before. So the only way to keep that analog sound is either run it on an analog tape and save it and replay it like what the Who did, or run it off of a machine like an R24 or a Tascam 24 or any of the, um, you know, digital recorders out there, like in the Behringer Wing, you could do that. Um, so that's what that song's about. And then the other song where where um, the Phantom appears is this song that we really like. Is this passion punk is all over you. We're going to play a little bit of that. So hold on. We're going to put this track on. This track we really like. Um, it, it's something that we got into um, around the same session or maybe a day after. It's actually prior to uh, You Are Not The Sun that this song was done first. Oh, sorry, I got the wrong one. So, <laughs> what you heard was Flower Underground. Now we're going to play Passion Punk is all over you. Oh, come on. So this song is again using the kind of Bob George vocal that's using the VT4 vocal transformer with the format and the pitch pretty much all the way down on on the sliders. And um, the idea is kind of mixing some sexual overtones with, you know, kind of uh, <laughs> really down and dirty sex. Um, 
with the idea of oh, you could look at the passion punk all over you. You could kind of think what that means, or or get physically, literally think, oh, there's this punk guy and he's all over you, or there's this uh, kind of spunk and it's all over you. Um, but then this idea, idea of the punk music is all over you. It's kind of the sound is all over you. So it's a kind of you can kind of equate it with sexuality and music and everything else. But also, what's going on is it's got the D fam beat um, that's kind of driving, and then it's got um, uh, an interesting patch from a Roland Juno GI. The cool thing about the Roland Juno GI, Juno GI, it's got like 1300 PCM patches and it's also got boss effects built into the synth. And one of the reasons I can do these really interesting guitars on that synth is the fact that it's got a massive amount of boss effect pedals in there. So it actually can replicate guitar pretty well. You can start off with a, any instrument and then start applying these boss effects. And you can take a piano and kind of turn it into a guitar. You can take an organ, turn it into a guitar, and take a guitar and make it heavier. Um, and it's got all kinds of settings for, for, for the envelopes and for the, for the series of how the effects can chain together and does a lot of cool stuff. But in this particular song, it's using like a, a boss guitar effect on, on a pad. And the pad's called, um, um, it's a Savannah uh, <laughs> pad, I think. And it's, it's kind of Savannah scoop. And so then again, we kind of take in this idea, well, you know, we're kind of scooping up your love interest again with this passion punk idea. And we, we like the result of it. It's kind of weird and strange. We've actually uh, have it scheduled for a release through our SoundCloud now because we're now we're a SoundCloud premier artist. We're able to distribute on all streaming services. Uh, we're going with that now and fully independent. We're not going to be really associated with any record label after. Um, but we do have one more more release coming out through Mojoheads this year. And they had released um, the song you still have some personal demons to betray. We're getting ready to release a wreck on videotape again, which is a pretty cool song that came out of our cancer poetry from the mid nineties and uh, was actually a version of it on our album, uh, the flower blooms at midnight in the tomb, which is still available on amazon.com as a CD. So go check that out. You know, the flower blooms at midnight in the tomb still available on amazon.cd. So that song we really like a lot. And then we move on to the song uh, Glass Jaw Hit Hard. And we're going to play a little bit of that and see what you think of this. The cool thing about this song is we kind of learned how to use the DFAM a little bit better and not just have the same beat going through the whole song using uh, the cutoff, using uh, the decay and uh, the high pass and the low pass filters. While we talk about this continuous recording into our R24, able to kind of you play the filters, Sonic State like, you know, you know uh, Nick Bat um, reference. And um, we liked what we were able to do. And then the other thing we're doing is using the splice effect on an MX-1 performance mixer that allows Josephine's voice with Josephine's the lead on this song through the VT4 to do some interesting, interesting stuff. So we have our VT4 going into the MX-1. Uh, we've been using, uh, we use a lot of different effects on the MX-1 to change Josephine's vocal. We've been playing a lot with the Big Crush. We've been playing with the, with the, um, um, the different levels on the machine. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, no interruption, but we use a slicer, the slicer, which actually is very interesting what you can do with that. We haven't used that as much. Um, we sometimes have used it in the past, but in the this song uses the slicer a lot on the effects. And there's a rotary dial on the MX-1 that allows you to kind of dial up the effects in real time while you're playing. It's kind of you're encouraged to do that on this machine, along with the fact they can do sequenced effects on patterns or actual steps in your mix. And what kind of happens is it has 16 steps. It has all these effects. You can apply multiple effects on each step. And then the steps just keep on repeating 
do the length of your song in real time. So if you've got like a five minute song, it's going to keep on doing those 16 steps and then going back around, keep on looping around and doing them in that way. And then you can actually take the dog wheel dial and dial in how much is happening or what's not happening or turn it off, turn it back on. So we use that a lot and it makes our music really point in time, uh, continuous recording, uh, jam band, stream of consciousness, you know, style, which we really like and we think is interesting. We've talked to a lot of artists. Uh, we've talked to people who use, uh, you know, computer word generation, random word generation, artists that were in bands that actually do kind of poetry slam. Uh, stream of consciousness is, is, their, is their main goal, how they record. And we find that is freeing. And if you're a musician that can 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 do it or get away with it, and maybe not get away with it, but you're really good at it, uh, it's a good way of, of recording. It, it keeps you from losing, you know, saying, "Oh, I don't have any ideas." And again, we always use our drum, our our analog sense give us lots of inspiration. Since we're just a one person band at this moment, we're having we we do from time to time. We've had collaborations. We've worked with people. We've had members of our band. Uh, right now, we're just totally doing it all, all, all ourselves. We are signed up to do a collaboration uh, through Music Gateway. We're, we're waiting for some demos to come in. So we're working on that. We're hoping to to collaborate with some other artists this year um, at some point. And so we're always up for that. If you're an artist that likes what we're doing and you need uh, like a grandmother or you need that Moog sound, or you like the idea of what we're doing. We've got a teen engineering OPZ as well, which we've used to great effect on the album Flower That Blooms at Midnight in the Tomb, which is available on Amazon. So check that out. The other song we did uh, a couple of week, days ago, we, we we haven't released it into Anchor, is Josie's Power Troll. So we're going to play a little bit of that. This is pretty kind of raw uh, punk aesthetic song. It's kind of more heavy metal, like 90s uh, heavy metal, kind of like rat-inspired <laughs> poison uh, type of thing. And it was playing with the, the digital delay, and we found an interesting time-shifting uh, uh, settings that we weren't fully aware of. We're always rediscovering some of our gear, and um, we're really doubling down on that. So we're doing that, doing that uh, work. Um, what we're also doing is using the Beat Step Pro, which we really love a lot. And what's interesting, we saw Loop Pop did a review of the new Key Step Pro. And it's really interesting. It's, it's kind of primarily not as much the drum machine that the Beat Step is because it doesn't have the roller. It doesn't have some of the stuff. doesn't have the pads uh, to, to, to write the song with the pads, which would have been cool if they could have made a Key Step Pro that had pads and a keyboard. It's kind of like, you know, do the best of all worlds and have something that could totally replace the beat step. Because this machine is, is an upgrade and a lot of people have beats that probably will go to it because it's polyphonic and you can do chords. And so that gives you a lot of ability. It has, has a, um, four lines of um, um, sequencing and the drum line can actually be not used as a drum, which on the beat step probably you can't really do. The drum line is four drums. Um, and so you can actually set all four sequences to be running on, you know, CV or MIDI controlled stuff. And it's, it's pretty interesting what it has the ability to do. And it has scenes, which allow you to do some really good song construction, which we're kind of looking into. Uh, we've kind of gone between, we loved, we've had the Arturia Beats Air Pro for a long time. We've used it as a hallmark of live performance. As, as a one-person band, it's really like the central control of our, of our one-person band. Um, and lately, we have been using the DFAM more, but the BeatStep Pro actually lets you control a lot of other synths, so it gives you a better real-time control when you're playing a show, and you can really use it. Combined with our, our Zoom R24, the R24 kind of gives us like DAW-like um, song um, reliability. And like I said before, we'll take uh, our SD card and have a bunch of projects on it, and we do a show that we've done in New York. We'd run with a project, uh, mute, 
and I'll mute tracks and decide, well, I'll do the lead uh, uh, synth line live. I'll do the lead bass line live and mute the other, you know, and have the other tracks, you know, playing. And so it's a, it's a cool way of being able to be a one-person band. In combination with the BeatStep Pro, you can do a lot of cool things. However, when you look at something like an Akai Force or an Akai One, with its clip-based uh, construction and able to control multiple units, you could use that as a central control. But I think the beat step seems to be a little bit more um, direct, uh, where I think um, if you're a DJ type of artist, um, an EDM artist, I think the, the Kai Force and the Kai One are more kind of built for them. Uh, the beat step is like as a keyboardist, I kind of I like it's more of a sequencer and it, it, it lets you integrate in a, in that kind of way. I'd have to finally relearn how I do my live shows to use a one or a force, which I'm interested in also because of production. If I'm working with somebody, you know, you have an Akai force that has integration with Ableton. And so you could send the MIDI, you could write the MIDI instructions and then provide them uh, when you're working on a project. <clears throat> uh, right now, because I'm using R24, it doesn't have that MIDI instruction information. It just has the wave files. And so that can kind of be limiting um, in terms of uh, it's not giving the producer that information so they can just decide to do any plugin they want. However, in some ways that's good because uh, when I worked with Mojo Heads, because I didn't have many instructions, they had to use my Moog tones that I had built from scratch rather than taking my tones uh, and and replacing them through MIDI with some other soft synth or something. And so if you want to have more control over what your sound is, using the Zoom is kind of forces the producers to use the sounds that you gave them unless they want to replay those parts, which is, you know, being a control freak, I like that. Um, so, uh, but it is a limitation when you're working with somebody that wants those MIDI instructions, then then you're going to probably be in a place where you, well, I can't, I don't have that. Um, so that's kind of disappointing, um, but it's the way I choose to record. So that's why I've been looking at um, the, the Akai One, which is a lower end version. But now that the um, the Force is down to like a thousand dollars, and the Force has a better pad situation, it's got more a bigger screen, and so for you know the the One is like six hundred, but the Force is like a thousand, and now it has full integration with. Um, with with a DAW, so I, I would kind of lean toward a force. So I'm hoping if I get when I get finished with this project, I'll have enough money to get the force, which is what I wanted to get a couple years ago, and use that for uh, being able to have um, cross collaboration with people that want need MIDI instructions, and I can send them that information through, in a format that they could understand, like Ableton. And at the same time, I probably got to get a Surface to be able to translate all that. But we'll see how it goes. Um, so that's the whole episode this this time, and I hope you check it out. We, again, uh, as on SoundCloud, because of COVID-19, we have a button where you can, if you want to, support the ghost with any money that you can free up from like, you know, a dollar, two dollars, whatever you think is cool. It's a one-time contribution, so it would help us out a lot. We do interview indie artists for free, so... Think about supporting the ghost, any other artists you like. If you like this podcast, please think about hitting that button uh, that we have on the link here. In addition, on Anchor FM, if you want to support us on a monthly basis, you can do 99 cents a month or $3.99 or $9.99. If you're a band and you need us to do a show um, about your band, uh, we can do that. We can even create ads for your projects. Um, so you can look into that as well. You can have us do ads that will go, uh, play on our podcast on in between the segments. So if you're a business or a band that wants to do that, you can get in touch with us on a voice memo or on our Facebook through a direct message at Phantom Electric Ghost on Facebook. So please um, be safe out there. Stay home. Um, and this is Phantom Electric Ghost signing off. Thank you.
you're not the one. But you do come. In a wanna touch. Everybody fucks. You're not the one. You're not the sun. When it comes to that touch, you're fucks. Words is up. Punch to the gut. Whoever you touch, you get the fuck. You're never too much. You're never too much. Never too much is too much. It's not enough.